Hello and welcome to Ingray Company, where we bring you leading business minds to share their experience, expertise, practical tools, and innovative ideas to help you thrive in business. I am your host, Ramona Cedeno, CPA, CFP, and founder of Fibric, an accounting and fractional CFO firm that brings customized solutions to businesses in technology and professional services. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Ingrate Company. So excited to be here as every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. I am here with Judy Utten from GrowthCast, an amazing person, a good friend of mine, and an expert in all things cash flow and projections in general. So we are going to have and a very engaging conversation today. You have me, the CPA that knows everything about numbers, I want to think. And then we have Judy, who is as amazing when it comes to finances. So very excited to have this conversation. Welcome, Judy. Thank you, Ramona. I'm really excited to be here with you. I think this is going to be really interesting. Judy, I, I know you have... I know I've known you for many years now and your story is so interesting to me and the way you approach finances and complex finance issues, even for me who can understand them easily or easier than a non-finance person, I find that your style is so calm and with care and it always amazes me how you do that. But there is, tell us about you uh, a little more about what you do and how you help small business owners. Thank you so much for that, Ramona. I really try to be a couple of things, um, very clear in my communication and very non-judgmental because, you know, we're all good at the par- at the business that we're good at. You know, people are great architects and lawyers, but may or may not be great with the financials and that's okay. I got really interested in this. I owned another company before this, um, technology company. My way, way, way back background is in technology. So I owned another company with a couple of partners and wore the CFO hat there, among other things. And we were doing very well. We were growing. We were adding people. We were adding clients. We were a consulting firm. We had very highly paid W-2 software developers and engineers. And we also had great clients like Pitney Bowes and ASML and Canberra, big companies. But um, when they paid when they paid, they set the payment terms as the big companies do. So ASML, for example paid net 75, meaning that they would pay you two and a half months after they got the invoice. So as we grew and added employees and paid our W-2 people every two weeks, like you do with W-2 people, we were pushing out the receivables even farther. So while we were profitable and making great money and growing beautifully, we got into cash flow trouble. And I think that's something that business owners don't really realize that you can have a very beautiful, healthy looking profit and loss or income statement and still run into cash flow troubles for a bunch of different reasons. 
So we got into a, a big crunch. We had payroll to make. And my partner and I said, oh my God, we don't have enough money. And we scrambled and, you know, got the money in the door. And I said, this is never happening again. <laughs> so I built a cash flow forecasting tool for myself and it saved my butt more times than I can count. I really knew what was coming in, what was going out. And more importantly, if if the AR got a little bit slow, we had a customer that wasn't paying or um, it, what sometimes happened with us is because we were working with big companies, we'd send the invoices to our contact who might've been the vice president of engineering, but they sometimes they got to purchasing, sometimes they didn't. So if we didn't get our contacts all lined up at the beginning and knew who needed to get what correspondence, we, we sometimes um, had, had our payments delayed. Um, so we, we did the, we took the steps internally, you know, it, it's how you, it's how we all learn things. You get into that situation and you swear it's never going to happen again and you fix it. When it comes to cash flow management, there is this reactive, reactive um, approach to things. And um, a lot of business owners, especially the ones that don't feel very comfortable dealing with uh, finances, which is a lot of business owners, unfortunately, uh, just keep pushing it away, right? I'll handle it later. I have to find the right person or my accountant is not really helping me or, you know, just it just gets put pushed back to the bottom of the list. And eventually, by the time that we realize that we have a cash problem, it's it's too late. And we saw a lot of this happening during the pandemic. And this, uh, you know, like our topic today, um, it's called solving the cash flow puzzle sometimes becomes that puzzle. How do I bring the pieces together? How do I get enough cash? How do I know how much I need? How much, how do I know um, how to allocate the cash that I have? These are questions that came up during the pandemic so often and it was it was a reactive approach and in a lot of cases business owners were not ready to apply for a loan to apply for a line of credit so how do you advise business owners to kind of be ready for the emergencies for the unknown when it's so hard to predict but it's possible right we this was a huge pandemic but in two years in a year it can be something else what are some approaches that you suggest for being cash flow ready great question Ramona and you know you mentioned the pandemic and we're not all the way through it and we're still having a lot of supply chain issues the labor market what's going on in the labor market is both horrifying and fascinating to me because um there are a lot of things that are still causing a lot of chaos for business owners. And it's really, really important to be managing your cash. First of all, be really, um, I want to say frugal, but really, you know, keep, keep as much cash on hand as you possibly can. And there are a few ways to do this. The most common thing that I see is business owners not keeping up with their AR, their accounts receivable. And this is the money that people owe you. It's great to make a sale, wonderful, but unless and until you get the money in the door, it almost doesn't matter. And 
business owners sometimes think that this needs to be adversarial. You know, where's my money? I want my money. But honestly, that that is not the best way to go about it. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. I had a customer, I started working with them and they had almost a bit bigger client, but they had almost a million dollars in receivables that were over 90 days. This is very late, three months late or more. They hadn't done anything about it. They sent out the invoices and that was the end of their AR process. So I got the receptionist. Um, It was this lovely young woman to work with me. And we just went through the list week by week. And she'd reach out and say, Hello, Mr. Customer, just wondering when we might might be able to expect payment. And she collected 60% of that in 30 days without, you know, without resorting to threats or confrontations or anything. Just a little, a little nudge, a little reminder, um, got got a big chunk of that money in the door. So that's something that I see often. So that's one of the biggest things you can do to keep your cash flowing. Interesting that you bring that up because I see this, you mentioned at the beginning how when you worked in, uh, in the previous company, you had you saw that happening, right? Because customers were taking so long to pay. And this is a common issue now. And it's just like if you're on the other side, right, where you are the customer, you want to delay your payment as much. I mean, it's a rule of cash flow management. You delay your payments and you accelerate your receivables, right, or your collections. We all want that. So there is going to be this balancing act to try to you know, pay your bills as late as possible without hurting the other person, but also at the same time, uh get paid as soon as possible from someone who is trying to delay the payment. And I think that the advice that you're giving, it is so relevant, so key, because yes, it's about who is going to be top of mind on that customer. Which vendor? Is it going to be you or is it going to be the other one that is actually checking in and being nice? And I believe that when being on the other side, I have been in accounts payable, I have been in accounts receivable. I know that payments are prioritized based on something, right? If a customer has 30 payments to make and they can only make uh, X amount of dollars in payments that week, they're going to look at who do we pay first? The person that disappears for three months, that's not going to bother us, or the person that has been checking in in a friendly way and uh, helping, uh, you know, staying in touch. So that is, so I, I live by that and I advise that to all my clients, stay top of mind, Collect timely in a nice way so they know that your cash is important to you. If you don't make it important, why would they, right? Yeah, absolutely. And even to go beyond that, that relationship can pay dividends in many other ways. We mentioned some of the supply chain issues that are going on right now. If you have a vendor and you have a good relationship with them, they may be able to prioritize you and work with you in other ways. So, I mean, just like every aspect of life, healthy relationships are really, really key to business up and down your supply chain. Exactly. So we have talked about collecting timely, 
trying to pay, delay your payments without hurting your relationship with your vendors. And, and one thing that I always remind my clients is also making sure that your services are priced appropriately and that your costs, like you mentioned before, are lean, as lean as possible, because that's kind of the, you know, the formula. You start with the right revenue, pricing, your costs are uh, as lean as you can, you collect timely, you manage your payments uh, as well as you can. What else should business owners take into account when managing cash flow? I want to follow on to your pricing comment a little bit, because this is something that I talk to business owners about a lot. And almost every business owner I know is underpricing themselves. And they're afraid to nudge their services a little bit higher. And they're afraid, I'll lose my clients. No one will hire me. And it's really hurting their business. And there are ways to do it without alienating your existing clients. And it's also really important to keep in mind that there are clients at all price points. You know, if you want the bargain shopper, you can find the bargain shopper. But if you want this, if you want someone that really values your expertise, they're out there too. So um, I encourage every business owner I meet to just stretch yourself a little bit there on your pricing, nudge your pricing up a little bit, just push yourself to do it because it's hard to do. Some other things, um, obviously planning, and it doesn't have to be hard. I'm working with a client now and he put together his own cash flow forecasting worksheet. And it's it's not what I would have put together. And that's okay because it works for him. And it's very simple. It lists, and just big, big categories. I think there's a dozen different categories. All of his expenses for the month. And then as they get paid, he deducts that. Um, and it's a spreadsheet. So it does it all automatically. So he knows generally how much cash he's going to need for the month. And when when is it coming in? Where is it? Um, where are we in the month? You know, we're at the mid-month right now. So he's expecting that he's received about half of his revenue and spent about half of his um, expenses. And we can check those assumptions every week. So it's a really simple cash flow tool. I normally do something a little bit more elaborate, which I am happy to share. If anyone is interested in a cash flow template, reach out to me on whatever platform we're on. Just ping me, tell me you saw it here, and I'm happy to share my cash flow template with you. Um, so planning is, uh, obviously planning is important because stuff's going to happen and you want to be prepared. No, it's so interesting that you mentioned uh, some of the components that uh, you see in your clients' uh, cash flow forecast because there are so many different formats. I have clients that do that want to see their cash flow analysis or forecast per week, others just for the month, and then some have 100 lines, others just have 10 lines. What are some of the main, the key components that you recommend are included in terms of the details in a cash flow projection? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously the big ones, payroll, rent, 
any inventory that you need. And, you know, inventory, pay attention to the cycles of when you buy inventory. One of my clients is a clothing store and they buy inventory. They buy big chunks of inventory twice a year. So they spend a lot of money in the spring and a lot of money in the fall for the the following season. But also pay attention to the things that aren't monthly. You know, you may, taxes, property taxes can be a big one if you're a plant or um, depending on where you are that you probably pay once or twice a year, but it's a big number. Anything that's quarterly, um, if you're paying your quarterly estimated taxes through your business, make sure you're at least making allocations for that. The monthly stuff, you know, if you miss it the first month, you're going to catch it the second month. It's the quarterly, the the biannual and the annual stuff that might surprise you. So just, you know, think through what those things might be. Insurance payments, if you're paying them in lump sums. Although another way to conserve cash is to not pay that in lump sums. Right. Just try to negotiate with the insurance companies that they don't charge you a fee for installment payments. I don't understand that, but yeah, some insurance companies do that. So you mentioned payroll, and then it made me think about some of our business owners who are uh, partners on the partnership or single member LLCs, and they are not on payroll, and they forget to forecast on the cash for their distributions. Although it's not an expense in the sense of the PL, it is cash outflow, and they leave themselves for last, and they're not taken into account their payments um, and end up not having enough cash for their distributions, which hurts them personally. Great point, Ramona. Um, Yes, distributions, remember to include that if you're not on payroll. I also have a technique that I use with business owners where there's a way to set aside money for owner's comp is the bucket that we use. And actually, we use this for a few different buckets, taxes, owner's comp, capital investment, if you're a capital intensive business. And that way, when when things are going well, you're setting aside some money in this bucket. And then if you have a lean month, you still have your draw there. You can can rely on this bucket to, to take your draw out of there. So that's another way to even things out because you're right. Business owners are always the the last. And we need to remember to pay ourselves first. We're working hard. We've risked a lot. We've invested a lot and we we shouldn't be last. Thank you. No, those are great insights. I totally agree. And now that we have covered a lot about our P&L pricing and cost and collecting and paying our vendors, let's talk about financing. So if our business, whether our businesses are profitable or not, there is a time when it's the right time to be loan ready. What is your opinion on that? That's a great question. Thanks for asking. First of all, I think all businesses should have a line of credit available, whether you use it or not. It's a great thing to have for those times where you have a crunch. Now, I would not use this to finance losses because then you're just digging yourself a deeper hole. But you know, if you have one bad month or one unexpected expense, 
um, you, you have that buffer. And that's something that you want to do when things are going well. Um, it's much easier to get approved for anything, alone, a line, when you don't really need it, ironically, unfortunately. Second of all, if you do want to go, go for something, like the EIDL is they've expanded their, their loans or other kinds of financing, having all of your documents in order, you know, having your, your books closed for the previous month, having a great bookkeeper like you that's keeping things together is going to make that process a lot easier because the lenders are going to want that information. Um, and then third, finally, shop around. There are a lot of sources, banks, credit unions, private sources, SBA, with all different interest rates and all different terms that, you know, you really, you really should shop around. There's plenty of money out there if you're looking to borrow money. There's plenty of money out there for business owners you will likely have to provide a personal guarantee unless your business is of a certain size. But there are ways around that as well. You know, once you get to a certain size, there are a few different ways to try and, and minimize or mitigate that. So those are my best tips for financing. Are there some things that business owners should take into account before taking a loan like how they're going to pay for it, how long, yes, can you Yeah, debt servicing, yeah, make sure that you can service that loan in good times or in bad. Um, as you're thinking about, you know, we talked about payables earlier, about um, paying as late as you can, and you're going to have certain vendors that you really want to keep in good terms with, and you're going to have certain vendors that you just don't have any other choice. Um, many of the business, many of the um, credit companies are going to want to do ACHs right out of your, right out of your account. So you must have that money to pay that um, for as long as that goes. If you're thinking about something like EIDL and thinking that you don't need to repay it for a little while, just know that that interest is accruing now. It, it's really, it, it is cheap money, but it's not free. You know, it's still, I think it's three and a half percent. Um, but yeah, make sure you can pay it. I've, I've met a few business owners in my travels that just think that the answer is just borrow more money when they're already really, really in trouble. You need to fix the systemic problems in your business first. Yes, definitely. And there are some loans that are just so high in interest that you probably want to stay away from. Yeah, I had a client once get involved with one of these online financing companies. She really did need the money at the time and she didn't shop around enough. I don't know. She could have done much better. But her interest rate was 44%. That's it's just such a drag on the business. She could barely pay the interest. We were able to negotiate it and get it down, but we got it down to 30%, which is still astronomical. I mean, that's higher than you would pay on a credit card. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, really, really be careful with some of those high interest loans. And of course, those are the ones that are going to pull it right out of your account. 
And, and the reason a lot of times that a business owner gets to that point of having to take a loan with the 20 plus interest rate is, is out of desperation. There are no more, uh, there are no more options. We haven't, the business owner hasn't planned well enough to qualify for better loans and to not have to ask for the loan at the time that they need it. Or have done the planning and seen that your AR is getting slow and to try and get some of those payments in. You know, they've gotten to the point where they're like, oh my God, I need to make payroll in two days and Mm -hmm. panicked. Yeah. And one of the, so when business owners take, out alone and is intended for one use sometimes they end up using it for like you know operating expenses and we that means that then we are running at a loss the business without this loan is running at a loss and we are um you know using the funds to cover regular expenses what are some things that business owners can do to or how can they prioritize certain expenses that should be cut down or eliminated altogether Yeah, great question. Um, There's a few things. It comes to knowing your numbers. It comes right back to knowing your numbers. Knowing, starting at the top, is your pricing right? Can you nudge your pricing up? And then what is it costing you to deliver your services or products? And this is a little bit easier to see if you're a product-based company, you know what your cost of goods is. it may not be easy to see in a service-based company, depending on how you're booking your time. I had a client once, they did commercial work and they wanted to open a residential line and they knew what price point they wanted to be at. And they knew that they could um, turn on Google ads and get a ton of work. But as we started digging into how many labor hours it was going to cost them to deliver this service, they were going to lose money on every deal. They would not have realized it. And all of a sudden they would have been in big trouble. So we did internal work. I I partnered with a colleague and we did work on their internal operations to make them more efficient, make their services more consistent, their internal processes well-documented, easy for their folks to follow. And when they did launch this residential line, they knocked it out of the park. So, you know, that's revenue cost of goods. Then there's the whole expense line. There are a lot, a lot of places that businesses leak money out of their um, out of their profits. Things like memberships or, you know, all these online programs that are $29 a month or $47 a month. That stuff adds up. Memberships that you're not using. I mean, I don't know when the last time I've been to a chamber event was. Things that you really should be requoting. Insurances, health insurance is a biggie. Maybe you don't requote it every year. Maybe you do, you know, your PNC one year, your property and casualty one year, your health insurance the next year. You look at your payroll costs the next year. So, you know, keep do look at one of those things each year and just report it. Just go out to the market, see if you can do better on those kinds of things. Payroll for many, many businesses, payroll is the single biggest line item for service businesses by a lot. Make sure your people are really the people that you need. And if they are the people that you need, pay them well and keep them. Make sure everybody's pulling their weight, depending on the size of your company. In a little company, it's not, 
it's hard to hide that dead weight in a bigger company that can hide. So that that's that's a possible source of expense cutting. Yes, and and you mentioned payroll, and that's a very important area to look at on a you know on a reg- more timely basis, even not once a year, but on a regular basis. And the only way to really see what's happening there is to analyze uh, productivity, efficiency, the processes that are manual versus what can be automated, and really understanding what is your true cost for payroll for the what you're getting back from your employees and then adjusting roles and and processes to make the necessary changes. Yeah, automation is another big one. You just mentioned that. And that sometimes requires some investment into automation, but it can really pay great dividends. Do Do a return on investment analysis. Make sure you really are going to get those paybacks, whether it's by more throughput, you're able to produce more product or less labor or a combination of both. Um, But that's a great, and that's a great um, reason to borrow money too. Yes. And always, uh, I I always recommend that if you want, if you have the right talent, you want to retain them, go, go beyond just salaries. Find out what benefits are important to them. And as you cut from other areas, Add some benefits for your employees, um, retirement, medical, some type of other reimbursement that is of value to them. That's the way to, in addition to knowing what they really want to do at work and what they, what really keeps them there from a career perspective, there are other things that you might need to pay for, but um, do the analysis and see and the research and find out what's of value to them and how you can cover that. Absolutely. I see why your staff is so loyal. (laughs) Yes. Some of them come back, even when they try to look at the greener grass on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing. It's a great thing, actually. So, yes, we're very, um, we have good benefits. And I am a huge fan of of, uh, benefits for employees and time off and and all the flexible schedules, all of that. That's what I wanted when I was an employee. Great. Judy, we can talk about money and cash flow and financials as all day. We are going to have to have a part two and part three of this because I love your insights. You have so much knowledge, real life, practical experience. And I want our audience and our clients and our friends to hear more about this topic because it seems like information is not getting and education is not getting to everyone, as we know, and a lot of business owners struggle in this area. Yeah, it's not easy. And like I said before, you know, we're all, we all have our different gifts and talents that we bring to the world and not all of us have the financial gene and that's okay. Um, But make sure you get help with it. Yes. Thank you so much, Judy. It's so nice. It was so nice to have you, but you'll be back. Uh, Just briefly, you can say how we can get in touch with you if anyone wants to, as we listen to to this recording and those that are listening now. Yeah. Thank you, Ramona. Um, My website is growth-cast.com, or you can also find me on LinkedIn, Judy and. Um, and feel free to reach out. Do say that um, you saw me through here. So I'll know that you're not a stranger. And I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you. Thank you, Ramona. 
Thank you for listening to In Great Company with Ramona Cedeño. You can find new episodes of this podcast every first and third Wednesday of the month, or you can join us live on major social media platforms like LinkedIn and YouTube every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. If you want to contact us, you can do so by emailing me at rcedeno at or searching for Fibric or Ramona Cedeno on all major social media platforms. Thank you.